Hey friends, how was your week? Mine was insightful. As I was thinking about what episode to share and how I can serve you, I felt God nudging me uh, towards what I learned this week personally. We are going to talk about how to manage our minds, our thoughts, and taking those thoughts captive. Because here's the deal, just because we think something doesn't mean we have to act on it. And as we practice managing our thoughts, we will get better at it, which means we are going to have a better ability to manage our emotions and manage our emotional eating. But before we jump in, I wanted to say that June is literally in just a couple days, and it's a fresh month to try something new. If you've listened to a few of my podcasts, you know that I have a free Facebook community where you can go get support, hang out with other listeners. But if you're looking for some extra guidance, accountability, physical tools to help you on your journey, it's worth joining my client community. In here, you'll have access to a workout library, meal plans, and follow the steps I took to gain more control over what I did for my health. Follow the link in the show notes and request information about my client community. I know you guys are busy and have no time to spare, so grab a pen and pad or be prepared to maybe re-listen to this episode because I really want you to grasp and be able to study back on what I'm talking about in this episode because I know it took me a couple times thinking about it before I really understood what it was that I'm trying to get across in this episode. So grab your water bottle, grab your pen, get the notes section of your phone out, make sure you're sipping your water, and let's jump on in. Hey friend, welcome to Pass the Plate Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah, and for so long, I relied on food to be my comfort. I'm also a wife to my high school sweetheart, Jake, a Christian, and the leader of my online wellness community. A few years ago, I was drowning in emotional binge eating and so desperate for a solution that actually worked. And if you're anything like me, you know this feeling all too well. If you're ready to let go of the heavy shame you've been carrying and uncover the life that's waiting on you, then refill that water bottle, sis, because it is time to jump on in. So the first question is, why do we need to learn to manage our thoughts and emotions? And so I have kind of three reasons slash steps on what that means, right? So when we are able to manage our thoughts and emotions, we are able to manage fear and we are able to manage lies that the enemy might be telling us in our minds. We are able to manage those emotions because like I said, just as few seconds ago, it doesn't matter um, like what those thoughts are that pop into our head. We have control over those thoughts and it takes practice. This is not a one and done. This is not a, oh, I'm going to start controlling the thoughts in my brain so that I can be better. Okay. It takes practice. Maybe you grasp quicker. Maybe you've built so many habits in the past that this is going to take practice like it will be for me. So reason number one or step one on how to start creating control for those thoughts and different emotions. We need to find the truth and discernment in what's going on in our mind. So this is like step one or reason one of how to like take back control over your mind. So when you're finding out the truth and you're discerning what is the truth in your mind, these thoughts that pop up, we have 6,000 thoughts a day, researchers say, in our minds every day. So 6,000 thoughts are coming into your brain every day, and those are just thoughts, and we need to manage them. And and like I said, practice 
discerning what is the truth and what is false. So when we find the truth, it sets us free. Yeah. So why why wouldn't we want to have the truth and proper discernment in our minds? You guys, truth. When you find a truth in in a story, or when you when you find let's let's say for example, you've got some drama going on at work and nothing's making sense. But whenever you find the truth in it, everything makes sense. All of a sudden, we can figure out those problems, right? Truth is where it sets us free, okay? So truth is peaceful. Truth cannot be manipulated. Truth is steadfast. Truth is Jesus, right? Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? So whenever we are searching for truth, we are searching for peace, okay? Think about this. 6,000 thoughts coming into your brain. They're like little 6,000 arrows aimed at your mind all day, okay? So you've got all these little thoughts penetrating your mind. And these thoughts come from different circumstances, how you interpret the world. Um, You know, maybe if you're having a rough day or maybe you feel like people are targeting you. Like your thoughts can be chaotic sometimes, right? So the first step is we have to find the truth in what it is that we are thinking. So we are learning to think through our thoughts, okay? So reason number two or step two is to weed through the baloney that's going on in our minds, okay? So once you've found truth, you can maneuver through the manipulation that can be going on in your mind, okay? The enemy loves to steal, kill, and destroy, right? That is his M.O., We have to fight against that, okay? Whenever there's manipulation going on in our mind, the enemy's telling us lies, maybe there's temptation about food, um, the drama we create in our own mind. I don't know if y'all have ever like played out an argument in your head, but I know that I have. I for sure do that. So we are gonna learn how to manage that because why why do we want those crazy ideas coming in in our brain? Nobody wants that right? So you have to weed through all that baloney to get to the truth so that we, step number three, reason number three, so we can process our thoughts correctly, okay? So when you are able to process clearly, you are going to find freedom from the emotions and the thoughts that bind you down, okay? And in our case, we are going to find freedom from emotional eating because we are learning first how to manage the emotions, okay? So we know that emotional eating comes from us probably not managing our emotions correctly in the first place. And we've built this habit that when we don't know what to do with our emotions, we drown them in food rather than dealing with them. There's so many ways you can do this. Netflix, alcohol, drugs, Food is just our choice of of numbing out. Food is where we have laid a pattern where we have gotten some relief in our mind temporarily to just kind of drown out the day. Maybe you're somebody who only eats when stuff is like really stressful, right? But then there are others of us who eat um, out of emotion not because we're hungry. I'm not telling you not to eat when you're hungry. That's a different subject. I'm saying when you're eating out of emotion, sometimes some of us eat just because of daily stressors, right? Like 
Shoo, so glad to be home. Like, let me grab the bag of chips while I'm cooking dinner. Okay, so some of us eat because of daily stressors. Some of us eat when stuff is super stressful. And then some of us eat just because that's what pattern we've laid, right? When you go to a family cookout, you eat because you're happy and you're celebrating, right? So there can be multiple different versions of emotional eating or or if you want to call it like a spectrum, there's like spectrums of emotional eating, but it all boils down to not taking care of our emotions. And as Christians, who takes care of our emotions? Our creator, right? When when God sent his only son Jesus, Okay, and then Jesus died and left us with the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit is your comforter, right? That is when we pray, we're praying to a great counselor, right? Why would we take our emotions to food when food is not our great counselor? That doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. I've talked about when we have spiritual issues, right? Stuff's going on within our spirit, right? We're, we're angry at someone for what they did. We feel hurt by someone, um, what they said to us, right? And it really stung. Those things need to be taken to our great counselor, not to the empty bag of Doritos, okay? Calling myself out on this one. So, and let's remember where fear comes from, yes? For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, which is the lack of courage or confidence, but of power, love, and self-discipline. That's in 2 Timothy 1.7. So right there, God is saying, I'm not giving you fear, right? And a lot of times when we're angry at somebody, you can boil it back down to being fearful of something. Okay, let us let me give you an example. If I am angry at my friend and I feel hurt at her, what I'm really saying is that I am afraid that I have trusted my friend in my friendship and they don't love me enough because of how they just treated me. Okay, so most of the time, if not all the time, fear can or anger can be boiled down to fear. How many times are you fearful of some random stranger on the street? Not normally, right? And it's because there's not that um, relationship there, right? If if somebody, you know, hurts your feelings on the street, it's like, okay, you're a stranger. Like, I, I don't, okay, that doesn't mean anything. I don't have fear of that stranger. But if my friend hurts my feelings and I get angry, that fear can come from a lack of uh, uh, a lack of distrust, right? Maybe maybe that person doesn't actually love me as much as I thought that they did. Um, why would they hurt me like that if they did, right? So God is saying he has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, which is a lack of courage or confidence. So he did not give us a spirit of, of low confidence. He did not give us a spirit of no courage, but of power, love, and self-discipline, which is where most of us with emotional eating really get frustrated at. If I boil down why I get fearful or why I get angry at myself for emotional eating, it's because I am fearful that I don't have self-discipline, right? Or maybe I'm fearful that I am lacking in that area. It's not that I'm angry at emotional eating. It's that there's fear in there somewhere, okay? 
And God says that he does not give us that spirit of fear. So if he doesn't give us the spirit of fear, then who is giving us that fear, right? The enemy, the one that is against our flesh is filling us with that fear. And so if you're feeling fear, we have to look at that, right? If we're, if we're, if we have these emotions, like let's go back to the friend example. If my friend hurt my feelings and I do not dissect that fear apart, then that can later lead to emotional eating because I have not dissected that thought. I have not dissected that emotion. I have not tore apart why I'm actually feeling that way, where my fear is coming from. I have not addressed those emotions. So what happens? I take it out on food. I numb out on Netflix. Like, that's, that is this revolving door of not taking care of our emotions. But what would happen if I prayed about it? What would happen if I journaled about it? So that's what we're going to go into next. So how do we start to find truth and discernment over a fear or a thought that doesn't seem to want to go away? And the best way I have found is to give it a one-two punch. So we are going to write that fear down. So my fear is that my friend does not love me as much as I thought that they loved me because of what they said, okay? And, and maybe that sounds irrational, but most of the time, these crazy thoughts that we have that we let run amok in our brain is, is pretty irrational most of the time because this is what we're going to do. You write that fear down. My friend does not love me as much as I thought that they loved me, okay? Because they said that my clothes looked frumpy, okay? Maybe my friend said that and it hurt my feelings, okay? So we write that fear down and we focus on it. That's the one, writing it down or saying it out loud, looking at that fear, getting it in front of our eyes and out of our head, okay? So that's the one, right? I said one, two punch. So if your fear is that you'll never be able to recover from emotional eating and you write that or say it out loud, you can physically look and hear that that is a lie, okay? My friend not loving me because she said that my clothes are frumpy is a lie. That's not true, right? My, Of course my friend loves me. We've been together, you know, since, since preschool, right? She maybe had a bad day and... And just said something that popped into her head, but maybe she didn't think about what the repercussions of her unkind words were, right? Like, I'm just using an example of how sometimes something so small can build up so big in our minds, right? So back to the, you know, emotional eating example. If you write down, I will never recover from emotional eating, and you look at that, especially as a Christian, that is a lie. We know that that is a lie because in Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Not, I can do almost everything. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And you guys, God does not want us bound down by emotional eating. Who is doing the binding? That is the enemy. He wants to distract you. 
from your God-given purpose. He uses emotional eating to distract you from the life that you were meant to live, the life that God has for you, okay? So when we write it down, that's the one. And then when we're looking at that lie and we go to the Bible and we look at uh, his words and, and his living word to help us, that's punch number two, right? Or one, two punch. That's number two, okay? And when we pray over it, right? So the punch is praying over that fear. God, thank you so much for giving me clarity around this fear. I know that through you, I can heal from emotional eating. You do not call me to be bound by emotional eating. You call me to a life that's well-lived and to serve you. You don't call me to distraction. You don't call me to chaos, right? When you're praying over that lie, you're praying over that fear, and then you are taking his word and using it against that fear, that is you fighting a spiritual battle, right? That is you pouring truth over a lie that is swirling in your brain all day. Okay, and repeating what God has shown me, thanking him for that clarity and his faithfulness, that that is that's the punch right there. And when you do that, I promise you, focus and visualize that freedom that he is giving you. I promise he is going to set you free from that lie because truth always wins. It always wins. Especially in, in spiritual, emotional turmoil, the way to get out of a manipulative circumstance is truth. I promise. I've used it through life. I've used it in my emotional eating battle. And I'm hoping this episode is going to resonate with you guys so that you can use it too. So just a quick recap. If you are journaling, it looks like this. You write the fear, okay? If you're writing this down, you write the fear. That's punch one. You find a verse or use the YouVersion Bible app that I have linked in the show notes to find a verse that can help you through this. Okay, that's punch number two. And then once you've proven that that fear is a lie, you pray and thank God for that clarity and discernment and and know and start to build that belief that he will do it again. If he did it once, he will do it again. So this right here is the process of taking every thought captive in a super tangible way. And this can be used across anything. This is not just for emotional eating. This is for life, right? But this this show focuses around emotional eating, but use this tactic in every way you can. This is what God meant. This is what the Bible meant when you're taking those thoughts captive and you're not letting them rule your mind, therefore uh, swaying your decision-making, okay? So the enemy wants to keep you confused, right? He wants you in turmoil. He wants you anxious. He wants you to be a mess. When you are emotionally a mess, he can lead you down his path. He tempts you with food, advertises a temporary pain relief that won't really hurt that much, and then you spiral. That's exactly what he wants. You guys, that is his playground. I don't know about you, but if you have the power of the living God inside of you, why would you subjugate yourself to the enemy's playground? 
And I'm talking to you guys, but I am talking to me, right? Like this is something that I have to tell myself. Why would I sit here and allow the enemy to have full reign over my brain, my thoughts, my actions, when I don't have to? I am allowing it. You have more power over your mind than you think you do. The world tells us that being anxious is normal, That using food to comfort is a healthy coping mechanism because at least it's not drugs. That's simply not true. You guys, we have to find truth. We have to find discernment. Gain clarity by staring at those anxious and fearful thoughts in the face and tell them they don't have a place in this house. They have to leave. They have no place here. Isaiah 33.3 says that the enemy runs at the sound of your voice. So when you're managing your mind, your thoughts, and you're taking that fear captive, you get to decide who resides in your home. Will it be the enemy that keeps you in turmoil? Or will you choose to have peace, truth, and the one who calls you son and daughter? You know the option that leads you to clarity, the one that leads you to peace, the one that leads you to calm in the chaotic world that we live in. You have to fight. You have to be a warrior for your own mind, but you do not have to do it in your own strength. That is what God is there for. He will fight your battles when you are weak. Where our weakness is, that's where he gets to shine. Think of you as a vase. If there's cracks in your vase, if there's weak points in your vase, that's where he gets to come in with glue. And he holds you together and he makes those weak points. Not strong by your doing, but strong by his doing. He gets to shine in those cracks of your life. And when you allow that, That is the example as Christians that we are supposed to be. We are not supposed to be these perfect, polished polys that have it all together. The enemy is real in every single person on this planet. And especially as Christians, the enemy works overtime. So why wouldn't we allow... Our creator, the one who knew us before we were in the womb, to scoop us up and help us through life. Because when he does, when we allow him to help us, when we get vulnerable with him, that projects his light to everyone else. So you don't have to be that person who's beating down other people just to say that God is great, right? I think we all know that type of person. Remember that your life, your struggles, your example can be your testimony to help other people look to God. I never want to be someone that people think is perfect or has it all together. I am a mess, but I am a mess that uses her father, her great counselor, her creator to help her get through her mess. I don't know if any of you have watched The Chosen yet, like I suggested, but if you have seen episode one, 
with Mary, she is me. Maybe not the same issues, but fighting those kind of demons and 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 having to um, come back to those and and go through fear, that is me. And the and the father is right there to scoop you up. So I don't want this episode to get any longer than it is. I hope this bless you. Please re-listen to it. Please share it to your stories. Please share it with someone who needs to know that they have the power to control their minds. If they are weak, such as I am in controlling our mind, guess what? We have an all-powerful God who's there to help. And it can look messy. He does not require perfection. He does not require rituals. He does not require sacrifice. He does not require anything except your heart and vulnerability to be helped. God loves messy humans because we are all his, right? The disciples, if you if you look at their life, they were a mess. All of them. All of them. They were imperfect humans. I'm telling you, if you have not watched The Chosen, you are missing out on one of the biggest blessings that I have found as of late. So again, I don't want to make this episode any longer than it already is, but if this episode has resonated with you and given you the power you needed to stand on solid ground when it comes to managing your mind and emotions, please share it with someone. You really never know what someone is going through and maybe they need to hear this exact episode. If you would take 30 seconds to go leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, I would appreciate it so much. This is the only way I know if you guys are liking what I'm talking about, want to hear more of it, or want a totally different subject within emotional eating, let me know over there in the review section. If you've already left a review, you can always leave another one. Just kind of delete your old one, write the new one, and hit submit. Um, Remember to join my free Facebook community if you are ready. And if you're ready to move on to my client community, the form is in the show notes. And uh, so is the YouVersion Bible app. I think The Chosen is also linked in there. Um, If you have listened to The Chosen or watched The Chosen, I need you to let me know. We need to talk about it. Maybe I should do a podcast series or an episode series on The Chosen where I recap every episode. I don't know you guys, but I'm just saying I'm a chosen super fan and I'm not going to shut up about it because it is incredible. So have a good week, you guys. I hope y'all have a blessed week and that this resonated with you and we will chat soon. Bye. What up, girlfriend? Did you enjoy this episode? If so, I'd love for you to head to Apple Podcasts and write a review to tell me what spoke to you or blessed you in some way. I always want this to be a two-way conversation, and this is the best way I can gain clarity on what you're loving. Speaking of conversations, though, are you on social media? If so, connect with me at Hannah Dickey Bryson, send me a message, or share this episode to your stories. Please tag me, though, so I can keep this hangout session going all week long. And as always, if you need support on your emotional eating journey, I've got you. Hop on over to my free Facebook group and I will see you in there, sis. Have a good week.